Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. currently studying the subject of walking in the Spirit. What we are looking at is keys or principles that enable us to step out of the natural realm into the spiritual and there we can experience the supernatural ability of God working on our behalf. I just want to recap Uh, some of the teachings that we've had in the last couple of weeks. The first Sunday we've opened up this subject. We looked at the key of mixing faith with the word. We saw how Peter, using this principle, was able to walk on the water by receiving the word of Jesus and mixing faith with it by acting on what Jesus said. Peter said to the Lord, Lord, if it is you walking on the water, bid me to come. And Jesus said, come. He stepped out of his natural reason and understanding. He defied natural law by mixing faith with the word of Jesus and acting on what Jesus said. And he was able to do what is not possible to be done in the natural. We also looked at the widow woman. This woman who was heavily in debt and was in danger of losing her two sons to the creditors. But she was enabled to miraculously pay her debt through supernatural provision, which came as a result of mixing faith with the word that Elisha the prophet gave to her. And I won't go into it. I'm sure you are familiar with that portion of scripture. She did what was not possible to be done. How? By mixing faith with the word that was given to her from the mouth of the prophet. Now, the second Sunday, we studied the key of adopting a spiritual attitude. And I have mentioned to you that the way we view life and the challenges we face in life will determine what the outcome will be. If we view them from a spiritual standpoint, victory is assured every single time. But if we view them from the natural physical standpoint, defeat and failure will await us. Now, in expounding on this particular key, We looked at the example of David and Goliath, as well as the example of the 12 spies who went in to spy the land. And we saw two very different outcomes based on how they viewed their situations. David looked at Goliath from a spiritual standpoint, and therefore he obtained the victory, but the children of Israel 
faced the worst possible outcome. And the reason for that is because they viewed the promised land from the physical, natural standpoint rather than from a spiritual standpoint. And as you know, they ended up wandering aimlessly through the desert for 40 years until that generation died without ever seeing or entering their promised land. Now, it does make a difference how you view life and how you face the challenges of life. And we have a choice. Either we can face them from a natural, physical standpoint and believe only what our physical senses tell us, or we can view them with confidence and courage based on our spiritual stand, based on the Word of God. Today, we will look at another key which enables the believer to walk in the Spirit. And I like to name this key as fellowship with the Holy Spirit or honoring the Spirit of God who lives within us. Now, this is the third teaching on the series of walking in the Spirit. Let's look at John's Gospel, chapter 14 together, please. And we're going to read verse 16, 17, and 18. The Gospel according to St. John, chapter 14, verses 16, 17, and 18. Jesus is speaking here just before he went to the cross, and he's speaking to his disciples, telling them of the coming of the Holy Spirit. And he says the following, And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Now here we see promising the disciples that he will not leave them as orphans or as comfortless, another translation says. But he will send us another helper just like himself, who would dwell with us. In fact, he said, he would live within you. Not just dwell with you, but he will live in you. And that person, of course, is none other than the person of the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit was sent to earth on the day of Pentecost, according to the Word of God. And he has been here since that day. He's never gone back to heaven. He's here on the earth. And of course, his purpose is to empower and to help the believer to walk in the Spirit. He does that by indwelling those who receive Christ as their personal Savior. Jesus said he dwells with us and he will be in us. Now, Jesus also said that the world cannot receive the Spirit because they neither see Him nor know Him. The world can receive salvation, that is Christ, but only a disciple of Christ who has been born again 
can receive the fullness of the Spirit. Now, fellowship, therefore, with the Holy Spirit is not only necessary for us believers, but vitally important in being able to walk in the Spirit. The word fellowship means companionship. It also means relationship. It means communion between two individuals. Now, in order to establish that kind of relationship with the Holy Spirit, the first thing we need to do is to acknowledge His presence within us. I want to say that again. In order to establish that kind of intimacy, companionship, fellowship with the Spirit, the first thing we need to do is to constantly acknowledge His presence within us. And just because we can't see Him or feel Him, it doesn't mean He's not with us. Now, the word acknowledge means to honor. When you acknowledge someone, you honor him. You walk into a room and you acknowledge the person or the people that are there. What are you doing? You are actually honoring them. If you do not acknowledge them, then you dishonor them. And it also means to take notice of. And to honor means to recognize or to express appreciation and gratitude. All of these words are means to honor someone, to acknowledge him, to recognize and to express our appreciation and gratitude. All of these are part and parcel of honoring the Holy Spirit in our lives. Now, we will see from the New Testament that throughout the life of the early church, the Holy Spirit was always present and actively involved, not just present, but actively involved in the life and in the decision-making of the church, both in individual lives as well as in the corporate life of the church. And we're going to look at a number of scriptures just to establish this fact and to show you that the early church truly honored the Holy Spirit. In fact, they did nothing without his approval or without his leadership and guidance. Now, let's look at two verses of Scripture from the book of Acts. We will start from chapter 5, and we're going to read verse 3, and Acts chapter 5 and verse 9. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself? Then in verse 9 of the same chapter, Peter again, speaking to uh, Sapphira, Ananias' wife, he said to her, how is it that you have agreed to test the Spirit of the Lord. Look at the feet of those who buried your husband at the door and they will carry you out. Now, both husband and wife lied about their giving or the offerings to the church. 
they pretended to give more what they actually had given. And so I suppose they did it out of showing, uh, showing off or something like that. But the bottom line is, Peter said to them, you lied to the Holy Spirit. You have tested the Spirit of the Lord. And in these verses of Scripture, we see that, that, that Peter rebuked them. He didn't say, why did you lie to us? But he said, why did you lie to the Spirit? Now, by saying this, he acknowledged the Lordship and the indwelling presence of the Spirit of God and his Lordship within the church. Because he didn't say, why did you lie to us? Why did you lie to the church? He said, no, you lied to the Holy Spirit. You tested and tempted the Spirit of the Lord. You see, Peter and the early church was, they were very aware of the Spirit's presence and indwelling within the house of God, within the church of God. And you know, we got to be careful here because so often the motives of our giving or the motives of our serving the Lord in any way or in any capacity that we serve God are so sometimes so natural and so self-centered because we are not aware of the Spirit's presence in our lives and in the life of the church. Now, sometimes we do things in order to please man or to show off as Ananias and his wife did. Or sometimes we withhold what belongs to the Lord not realizing that the Spirit of the Lord is Lord in the church and He's always present observing and watching over the affairs of the church. It's important that we recognize that, that we realize that, that we search our hearts, that our motives for serving God is pure and we serve Him out of love and relationship and respect not just so that we can show off or out of selfish reasons and motives. You see, <clears throat> the early church, as I've mentioned, was so aware of his presence that they did nothing without his approval or his guidance. They relied very heavily on his authority, on his help and his leadership. And when I look at the church today, we're so different. Sometimes we are so self-sufficient, we think we know it all, and we hardly even acknowledge the, the Spirit's presence within us, much less consult Him or talk to Him about things or about the situations that we face or the decisions that we need to make in our lives. Now, let's look at more Scripture in order to establish the fact that this is how the early church lived their lives. They lived their lives by acknowledging, honoring, recognizing, and relying heavily on the Spirit's help and guidance. We're going to read from Acts chapter 10, and we're going to see here another example where the Spirit was actively involved in the lives of these two men, both in Peter's life and in Philip's life. Acts 
Before we go to Acts 10, let's go to Acts chapter 8, and we're going to read verse 27 through to 29. And behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasury and had come to Jerusalem to worship, was returning. And sitting in his chariot, he was reading Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said to Philip, go near and overtake this chariot. Now we see here that the spirit spoke to Philip. He was sent into the desert from Samaria by the Spirit's leading, and when he saw the eunuch riding on his chariot, the Spirit of the Lord spoke to Philip, and he said, go near and overtake this chariot. I've experienced this many times in my walk with God, in my prayer, in my fellowship with the Lord, where the Spirit would give me certain directives or to um, either to listen to a teaching, either to go to a place. And, and I have had that experience many times. And that's what happens when we become sensitive and aware of the Spirit's presence. When we make room in our lives and begin to communicate and fellowship with the Spirit, the Spirit will always give direction and wisdom when it's needed. In Acts chapter 10, verses 19 and 20, we also see how the Spirit gave direction to Peter, the apostle. While Peter thought about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Behold, three men are seeking you. Arise, therefore, and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. What a blessing to have the Spirit's direction and guidance and to know that He's the one who is leading you into a certain direction or He is the one who brings people into your life because there are many out there. Sometimes the devil sends people into our lives. But as we, as we acknowledge the Spirit's presence within us and that anointing within us, the Spirit will always let us know those whom God sends to us so that we can open our hearts to them and those whom the evil one sends to us. And he will warn us of that as well. So we see here in both cases, the Spirit of God was actively involved giving direction both to Philip and to Peter. Amen. In Acts chapter 15, we see that the early church faced a major conflict of a circumcision. Some argued that the Gentile believers should be circumcised as well as keep the law of Moses in order for them to be saved. This was a major conflict within the church. It was a major problem that the elders of the church and the apostles were facing over this issue because the church was split. So they held the first synod ever recorded where the Bible says the apostles and the elders and the brethren came together to discuss this problem that they were facing. 
because some of the believers rose up within the church, they went to the Gentiles, and they preached another gospel, that they need to be circumcised, they need to keep the law, they need to keep the Sabbath, or else they would not be saved. Now, as a result of this major problem, conflict the apostles had, the Bible says that they came together in Jerusalem to consider this matter. Now listen to what the outcome of the discussions were. And we are talking about relying and honoring the Spirit in our lives and in the life of the early church. We're going to look at Acts chapter 15 and we will read verse 23 through to 29. Acts 15 verse 23 through to 29. The apostles, the elders, and the brethren, they're writing a letter now after they made a decision, to the brethren who are of the Gentiles in Antioch, in Syria, in Sicilia. Greetings. Since we have heard that some who went out from us have troubled you with words, unsettling your souls, saying you must be circumcised and keep the law, to whom we gave no such commandment. It seemed good to us, being assembled with one accord, to send chosen men to you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul, men who have risked their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have therefore sent Judas and Silas, who will also report the same things by the word of mouth. For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things. Notice what they said in their letter to the Gentile believers. For it seemed good first to the Holy Spirit, then to us, to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things, that you abstain from things offered to idols, from blood, from things strangled, and from sexual immorality. If you keep yourselves from these, you will do well. Farewell. You see what they said? Did you notice what they wrote in their letter? It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. Obviously, they consulted... And they honored the Holy Spirit in all of the discussions they had back and forth. And they perceived the pleasure or what is right and good in the Holy Spirit's side. And they made the decision on that. They made decisions honoring, consulting the Spirit in order to guide and to help them in their decisions where the welfare of the church was concerned. Very important to notice this. Now, let's look at Acts chapter 16, please. And we read verse 6 and verse 7 and 8. I'm giving you lots of scripture in order for us to establish the fact how much they relied on the Spirit's guidance, assistance, help. Because Jesus said, when the Spirit comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of Himself, 
but what he hears, that he will speak. And he also said that the Spirit himself will show you things to come. I believe that if we have that intimate, close relationship with the Holy Spirit, not only he will guide us into revelation, knowledge, and truth from the Word of God, but he will also show you things that will come in your own personal lives. He will show you the plan of God. He will show you the purposes of God. He will show you in detail what God is wanting you to do in every situation, in every circumstance. Not only that, he will come to your aid to comfort you when you need comfort. Many times man's words are cannot comfort us. We're going through such difficult pain and situations and only the Spirit can speak those words that will bring comfort, that will soothe our souls, that will bring encouragement and confidence in our lives, especially as we're going through adverse circumstances. And I'm speaking particularly to our brothers in Zimbabwe who are facing such enormous challenges in that country. Know that the Holy Spirit is with you. He lives with you. He dwells within you. Begin to acknowledge his presence, honor his presence within you, and give him room in your life to speak, to comfort, to encourage, and to give you confidence as you go through these challenging times. It's very important. But let's look at chapter 16 of the book of Acts, verses 6 through to 8. Now, when they had come through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. And after they had come to Mycenae, they tried to go into Bithynia, Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. So passing by Mycenae, they came down to Troas. Here we see Paul's apostolic team being led and guided and forbidden to enter into certain regions. Here we see the Spirit actively involved in guiding and directing them as to where to go and where not to go in their endeavors to preach the gospel. It clearly says here, now we don't know how the Holy Spirit forbade them, but it says they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. And again, they tried to go into another region but the Spirit did not permit them. Obviously, they must have had a check in their spirits. And one of the primary ways that the Holy Spirit ministers to us is through the inward witness. You just know that you know deep down in your heart that either you should do this or you should not do that. And if we fellowship enough with Him and we spend time in communicating, in studying the Word, we will learn to recognize those signals, how he communicates to us and how he leads and guides us. Because Jesus said, you know him. Now, if Jesus said, I know him, then I believe him. That means his voice is a familiar voice. That means his guidance or his prompting in my life is one that is familiar, one that is peaceful and gentle, 
But Jesus also said, a stranger you will not recognize. So the Spirit is not a, is not a stranger to us. He's someone we, are, we should be very familiar and very close to. Now, you know the voice of your loved one. I mean, you, you, you call and somebody picks up the phone. If it's someone that you know, that you, that you befriend or you have fellowship with, you recognize who the voice is. And that's how we should be with the Holy Spirit. We should know His voice. We should know how He leads and guides us. So, it's important that we recognize that we are not alone in this world. Definitely not alone. We are not left to fend for ourselves. We are not left to deal with the problems and the challenges of life that we face so often. Because Jesus said we have been given a comforter, a helper, someone who has come to help us, help us to pray, help us in our, in our difficult situations, help us when we are confused and not sure what to do or how to go about doing it. As we look to him and acknowledge him, he will always give wisdom and understanding and direction in all of the affairs of life. In fact, the book of Proverbs chapter 3 says, In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Who's he? The spirit who lives within us. He's a person. And he's also, he's also easily grieved. And, 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 and when we, we, are not, we are not acknowledging him, we're not honoring him, we're not understanding or recognizing his presence, he's also grieved. I mean, he would say, well, I've been, I've been with you for so long. You haven't relied on me. You haven't communicated. You haven't consulted with me. And I've been waiting to help you. But he's not sent to do the work for us. He's, he's been sent to help us do the work. He's not sent to do the praying for us, but to help us pray according to the will of God. That's what Romans chapter 8 says. Likewise, the Spirit helps in our weaknesses, in our infirmities. For we do not know what to pray for as we are, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us. How? By giving us utterance, by praying in other tongues, by praying in the Spirit, because he knows the very will of God. I, I Honestly, we cannot function, we cannot live the kind of life that the Lord Jesus wants us to live without his help, without his guidance, without his power living on the inside of us. I don't know what I would have done without the Spirit's guidance. I would have been lost. Now, it's important that we really believe that with all of our hearts, that we have been given a precious helper. And not only that, but we should acknowledge him every single day and be grateful to him thank him for who he is thank him for what he does in your life thank him for his mission in your life to help you to guide you and acknowledge and honor his presence and as i've mentioned to you jesus said you know him you know him for he dwells with you and shall be in you Remember at one particular time, 
Philip said to the Lord, Lord, show us the Father, and we satisfy. And Jesus said to Philip, Philip, so long have I been with you, and you do not know that the Father lives within me, and I live within the Father? I've been so long with you. I've walked with you for so long, and yet you do not know me? And sometimes I feel this way, that the Spirit would say, well, so long have I been with you. How is it that you do not know me? How is it that you do not recognize my voice? How is it that you behave and your attitude is like one who is left alone in this world and you moan and complain like you're an orphan and you are without help? And how often we do that? Why? Because we have not truly recognized that we have within us the helper, the Holy Spirit, sent from the Father through Jesus to help us through life and to guide us. Amen? Now, the Spirit's involvement in our lives or His touch brings comfort. His presence will bring a peace that passes all understanding and He will take us into a spiritual rest where we rest in the Lord. And the more we rely on Him, of course, the more He is able to help us. The more we honor Him by making room for Him in our lives, the more He's able to guide and lead us into all truth. And so we need to thank God for the Spirit of God. Thank God for His ministry in assisting us to fulfill the purposes of God in our lives and in the life of the church. As we take some time, even this week, and examine our walk with God, ask yourself, how much honor am I giving to the Spirit of God within me? How much room or recognition, how much room am I making for Him to speak to me, to guide me, and to help me in the affairs of life? And be truthful. When was the last time you heard his voice or sensed his prompting or his leading in your life? You wanted to do something and you felt that, well, that's, that's, not, that's, not, that's not the thing I should do. This is what I should do. You know, and he's very gentle. He doesn't shout. He doesn't scream. And if we're not quiet enough and if we're not sensitive enough, we're not going to be able to recognize Him. But we begin how? How do we begin to establish this kind of relationship that Jesus said we should have with the Spirit? We begin by acknowledging His presence within us. Can we do that right now before we close in prayer? Just bow your head and pray with me and thank God for the Spirit's help and guidance and indwelling within your life. Thank Him that He has not left you alone to struggle and to fend for yourself, but He's there with you, in you, ready to help, ready to assist, ready to communicate and impart to you the grace that you need or the anointing that you need or the wisdom that you need in order to make decisions that will further the interests of the kingdom of God and the work of God here on the earth. Now remember, He's going to help you do the will of God. He's not going to help you get outside of the will of God. 
And he's, gonna, he's not going to help you do things that violate the scriptures or the word of God. He cannot do that. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you did not leave us alone. You have not left us as orphans to fend for ourselves, to fight our own battles without your help, without your support, without your anointing. I'm reminded of your word that says in 1 John chapter 2 that the anointing which we have received from the Spirit abides in us. We have an unction from the Holy One and we know all things. We thank you for his ever abiding presence, for his promise that he will never leave us nor forsake us. We thank you for even leading us and protecting us and guiding us so many times and yet so often being unaware that it was him who prevented us, who guided us from moving in the wrong direction. Lord, we acknowledge your presence within the church and we pray that you will enable us and teach us how to make room for the Spirit's guidance how to make room for Spirit's fellowship in our lives, how to recognize Him, how to recognize His leading, His voice, His promptings, and the way He communicates to us and through us. We are ever so grateful that we are not alone. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for being with us, for living in us, and for guiding us into all truth. And we thank you, Heavenly Father, for sending us this precious person to assist us and to guide us and to elevate us onto another level, the level and the realm of the Spirit, where we are able to see things by the Spirit and not just by our natural senses. We acknowledge you, we bow before you today, and we are eternally grateful for his coming to live with us and in us. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.